0: Alrighty, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Uppercut podcast. We have another special guest on Um, Don Shanis is a 12-4-0 UFC featherweight, and he has an upcoming fight with Jack Jenkins on the UFC 284 card on February 14th, sorry, February 11th, 2023. Don, thank you for coming on. What's going on, fellas? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing
1: pretty damn good. Just got out the gym, showered up and uh, on your podcast right now. So done for the day.
0: Hell yeah. Good feeling, you know? Yeah. No, I can't imagine there's a better feeling. Um, Just so you're based out of Massachusetts, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And are you from Mass? Uh, I was actually born in Connecticut, but I moved
1: here when I was, when I was a child. I was like four or five and uh, I've lived here for the most part ever since.
0: Yeah, awesome. So I'm from New Hampshire, so it's nice to have another uh like another fighter coming out of the area. Um I know the UFC scene doesn't have a ton of fighters from Massachusetts. They they have a mm-hmm. um they have a couple of them, a couple of big names, but it's nice to see more people coming out of the area. Um what sets you guys apart coming out of the New England area? do you think i think it's an
1: attitude you know what i mean like there's so many like positives and so many negatives like to speak about some of the negatives like everywhere is a fucking drive it's a pain in the ass there's snow fucking trap bro traffic fucking sucks but uh everyone here just kind of has an attitude where i've been to other parts of the world and uh you know it's funny how culture plays into everything where so some parts of the world everyone's very nice to your face but um it's one of these things where it's like you feel like it's not authentic. Where here, you know, I'll give you a perfect example: your car breaks down, someone call you a fucking idiot, but yeah. help you fix your tire. Where, where someone else will be like, "Oh, that sucks. I'm sorry about that," but they they're not going to help you fix your tire. You know,
0: that's a that's a great way of putting it. I I live in New Hampshire, like I said, and that's exactly how it is. It's uh, they'll they'll shit on you a little bit, but they'll totally help you out. Um, I I always say we got some of the best people up north for sure. Um and some absolutely oh, abs, sure. especially sure. coming out of the fighting scene. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your time in uh cage titans? How was that and how did you get started there?
1: Cage Titans is kind of my foundation, you know. I will I will Mike Paul a huge thank you. You know, he uh kind of gave me a platform and let me run with it. Uh a lot of promotions, uh, you know, they'll either bring you in short notice, you know, and, and you kind of gotta know what you're getting into where Paul Ver and I had a conversation. I'm like, "Look, bro, I'll sell out your show, yeah, every time." But we're we're gonna work a little bit differently than every other fighter you have. Mm-hmm. And uh, me and him have built a relationship. And uh, I've sold that place out so many times, and each time I'm rebreaking the ticket sale record to, to the point where it's like, if I don't fight, I'm losing tons and tons of money. So yeah. uh, he he's had such a good platform for me to to gain some exposure, get some wins, get a ton of
0: experience uh be tested before i got to the big show yeah and going back and watching your fights i mean you are you're not lying about selling out that place goes absolutely fucking wild for you have um, you been there in person no i've been trying to i've been trying to like their website's kind of weird i don't know if you've looked at it recently but it's hard to like bro i'll you sell know. you
1: tickets to that shit i ain't even gonna fight but i'll sell you tickets to the oh, hell thing. Yeah. make sure hell you get not. in
0: thank you're you just gonna would,
1: let me know beforehand
0: yes i will totally do that thank you so much i would love to i've never seen um a fight in person i've i've we've been doing this for almost a year now and we've been trying to get in so that's awesome i'll definitely um do that you make
1: your way to plymouth and you let me know and and i'll make sure you you got a fucking ticket in there and uh you have a blast dude the place is fucking electric you know for such a small fucking town it's crazy because the fans come from all over new england some some like some from out of state and uh the place gets filled up every time and it's fucking bananas. Yeah. It is ban- like like dude, the place is it that just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah. And they have like the tall announcer with like the cornrows that gets everybody going. <laughs> and just, like, jump yeah, Andy.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah Andy's yeah. cool shit. He's good yeah.
0: shit. Yeah. He's uh, yeah, it, that place looks awesome. The venue is super unique. Like you said, I was just, it, it's almost like in a hall kind of, right? Like that's exactly what it is. It's at the yeah. Plymouth Memorial Hall. And, yeah. and, it, and it's pretty much
1: like a, a theater venue where it's you know, you got the floor and a stage and then you got a mezzanine and an upper balcony. But what they do is they clear out the floor and they put the cage right in the fucking center. And then your walkout is, is through the, the uh the stage down into the crowd through people and up into the cage so it, it's pretty unique how they have it set up because like when yeah. I fought for Bellator that was an arena when I yeah. fought in the Apex that was that was a weird experience on its own there were no fans in there the Apex was super small too I wasn't expecting that and um, I fought for dude I, I like when I first started fighting I fought in in a, a hotel. I put a in a fucking gymnasium one time, like, like on a fucking, like it looked like a middle school fucking basketball court, you know?
0: <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. That apex card you're on was super weird. Cause that, if, if I remember correctly, that was the one that um, um, Mark Zuckerberg, like rented out to watch Mackenzie turn right in the fr- front row.
1: Yeah. I think he was doing some business with Dana White, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, I think dude, you're spot on Mark Zuckerberg was there. I saw him walking through and I'm like I don't even know if you watched my fight
0: (laughs) yeah no he we talked about it on the show how fucking weird that was and how uncomfortable all the fighters must have been so um, I don't know I mean
1: um, you're going into a fight uncomfort is part of it you know it's just it it was just a bizarre feeling I haven't experienced in a while you know
0: yeah um, Jeff did you have a, a question
2: yeah speaking of your cage titans career You have some incredible knockouts throughout that whole... I mean, they literally have a whole highlight reel of you out there on YouTube, and it's an exciting watch. Do they? Yeah, it's (laughs) redonkulous. It's absolutely (laughs) phenomenal. One of the better highlight reels I've seen. But which one is your favorite knockout?
1: Uh, My favorite knockout, let's see. Uh, We'll go TKO. I want to say... Shit, I got I got a couple that are pretty good. Um, I don't I don't think I have any clean clean knockouts where anyone stiffened up, but I I've would some guys, and uh they weren't even. I got one for Cage Signs, one for FAC, and one for fucking Bellator. So when I fought um Mad Denning for Bellator, I just put a beating on him. It was probably two hundred unanswered strikes, and I finished him with like ten seconds to go. He's upset about you know, the, the ref calling it, but it was like 200 fucking unanswered strikes (laughs) dropping all those hammer fists, everything. Um, fast forward a little bit, my fight against, uh, Kevin Barbarina, I dropped him. And then I come flying in with like a fuck you punch. And, uh, believe it or not, he actually survived that, but I I fucking floored him and they could have stopped it right there, but, uh, they let, let the round end out. It was only a few seconds left. And then uh, for FAC, my, my performance against Cody Pfister, where I won the FAC title, um, that was fucking awesome because I feel like that was almost a flawless performance. I took him down and grounded him out. And uh, th- his his coaches were kind of giving me shit, saying I was punching him in the back of the head. But like, as long as you touch the ear and fighting, you're clean. So essentially, like, I could punch right here. And if my glove is touching the ear, that's fine. So when I was, I, I had him like in three quarters of mile, and I kept throwing these like looping hooks because he's on his side. Like not to the back of his head, but like around his head and like right around here. And um then I started dropping elbows again and uh that, that was fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, no, I, my personal favorite of yours was the um the cage titans title fight against uh Bryce Picode. Um I wanted to actually Okay, ask
2: you okay, that. yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah oh bro.
1: He fucking rocked me. Yeah, so, so um
0: didn't ask about it. yeah, he rocks you right away and then you come back. So we'll like tell us about that. So um
1: we both come out right and, and I never touch clubs with any of my opponents. It's not not a personal thing, it's not a sportsman thing. It's just like, you know what? I have seen too many guys get fucking one punched yeah. one too many times, you know. So, like personally, I'm like, Yeah, fuck that. Well, like I'm here to fight, not make friends. So uh when I came out with Bryce, we get right into it and um and like we're kind of feeling each other out for a second. Like, I, I got a nice little balance to me, I'm level changing. And uh, he throws something and and I'm like, oh, I have his timing. I thought it had his timing right off the rip. And he fucking hit me with like a left hook or I don't even know what the fuck he hit me with. All I know is like, oh shit. I'm like scrambling on the floor. Then he hit me again. And it's like, I hit the floor, got up, grabbed a single, brushed him against the cage. And then I'm like walking like fucking Bambi. (laughs) I end up recovering enough and he comes rushing in to finish me. And I just kind of like, slip one of his punches throw an uppercut which rocked him and then i threw like a left hook and uh like i was over here i threw this uppercut left hook like yeah. and i don't know what the fuck's going on i'm like i'm not in my body right now it was just reactionary and uh what ends up happening was the uppercut rocked him and the left hook didn't hurt him but it fucking like knocked him off back balance uh-huh. enough because he was rocked that he fell down and I just got right on top of him and like no no time to wait I'm like no. I like I had to get on top of him and,
0: and on the ground he he had nothing for me yeah you just sort of flattened about and then just started just like wailing on him and it they, that was awesome I was very impressed yeah
2: yeah um
0: did you like where does your Thank mind you. go Thank when you. when that happens where does your mind go Do you is it just instinct or like what happens
1: um that was the first time i've ever been rocked in a fight that's probably the most brain damage i've ever taken in a fight to be honest with you i've been pretty fortunate as far as like uh fucking professional and amateur fights the the most brain damage was against bryce and uh it was just from that one punch and and i couldn't tell you it was just instinct and uh luck and uh, being at the wrong place at the right time and at the right place at the wrong time so yeah. it's a combination of everything and then just like not fucking quitting and like trying to scramble, grab a single, take him down. And and like I said, he had nothing for me on the ground. So I knew if I could get him down, um, I'd be fine. I didn't know beforehand he had like 80 pro or 80 kickboxing fights. So yeah. I went in there, I'm like, oh, I got this guy's timing and I got his range, then blam. I'm like, <laughs> oh shit.
0: Yeah. Um, you so that this is actually the second guy you fought that has a ton of fights. And um this guy I found has been like around the scene. It seems every fighter out of New England has fought him. Um I just want to ask you about Jay Ellis. He's 16, 106 and 0. Um, oh um <laughs> there's man. a guy Nick Fiore, who was just on um last week's card. He's out of New Hampshire. I don't know if you know him, but he had fought Jay Ellis as well. And that's kind of where I learned about that guy. Can you tell me what it's like fighting someone who's had over a hundred fights? So uh look, I, I don't
1: want to shit on Jay. Jay Jay's a guy that'll go out there and and he, he fucking tries. And, and, like, I think deep down, he truly believes that he's going to win. I think he has some major holes in his game. Yeah. Um, now, to be completely honest with you, this was not the fight I wanted. Yeah. And um, it was a fight I had to take. So a lot of times what happens to me is uh, – people pull out of fights like being yeah. an amateur i had a ton of people pull out but like especially being a pro and an up-and-comer and then building some hype behind you people don't actually want to fight so what ends up happening a lot in the reason why i thought jay was i was supposed to fight i believe shane manley and um what ends up happening is we were supposed to fight for the 145 title back in the day and uh I didn't know someone like for a different promotion like put my name in for him and then said I declined him where I didn't even get offered the fight. So, anyways, fast forward a couple of years, we're after the pandemic, um, and I'm trying to fight for the 145 title, and uh, they give me Shane. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. And then he pulls out of the fight. Okay, mm-hmm. so he got COVID and didn't want to fight me. But what happened was three weeks later, Paul Vera put a whole other event because i sold so many tickets to this event that i got to push all my tickets to the next event but oh. but coincidentally like i'm like fine to fight shane the problem was dana white's looking for a fight came to town for in kansas city for fac so last second on five days they offered me uh chris lencioni which is a big time bellator name yeah and um in front of the Nelk Boys, so. There was a UFC contract on the line. There was signing with the Nelk boys, which was on the line. And it was pretty much an opportunity. I couldn't say no. It was the day before that fight. So
2: yeah.
1: Um, what ends up happening was I, I pull out of that fight to fight Chris Lencioni. I fought and I won. And then his management fucking loses their shit, da-da-da-da-da, whatever. Fuck it. That's, so fast forward again, me and Shane are supposed to fight. Mm-hmm. And um, Shane ends up hurting his back on fight week. Now, now I put in all the work to fight Shane a few fucking times. So he pulled out the first time I pulled out to take a bigger opportunity. And then I said, dude, we could run it. I didn't get signed at that point in time. I wasn't signed to the UFC. So I said, we could run it. Well, he ends up hurting his back and I sold over $30,000 worth of tickets. And I was basing my fucking finances on going home, fighting, winning. Taking my ticket sale percentage and living for the next few months semi comfortably without having to worry about having to pay bills and all that bullshit. So when you sell $30,000 worth of tickets, you get to negotiate a little bit of a higher percentage, especially locally because fighting for 10, 15% ain't going to cut it when you're doing that much in sales. Now me and Paul bear have a really good relationship. So, couldn't find anyone to fight me and and jay ended up taking the fight short notice against me so he he was just like a last second replacement but I, I was honestly upset that i didn't fight shane and that i fought jay because look i i know that he he is in the competition i was looking for i was looking for a true test and, and by no means again am i trying to shit on jay jay go, yes. goes out there and tries his fucking hardest but i i knew that there was a uh a big skill gap there. I was just kind of forced in the catch 22, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're not shitting on him. He's 16 and 106, so the numbers. Well,
1: no, matter. no, like you still got to have respect. You know, one thing I learned about this game is you can't fucking disrespect the game. The second you think you're better than someone, like you look at Jay's record, and it's fucking terrible, all right? You look at his record, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna walk through this guy, I don't even have to train. Right. And then you get fucking clipped or you get choked out. And like that shit, that he. He's beaten guys in the UFC. I'm pretty sure he beaten Mearshark. Like, like you, you don't understand, you know? Like some of these guys aren't just fucking pushovers either. That he goes to decision with, or or that yeah. goes into the second and third round. So, so it's like you, you 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 gotta treat it like like he's coming to kill you, and, and you can't disrespect the game. That's what that's one thing I've learned over the course of the last few years.
0: Yeah, and I feel like you see that um, come to fruition just about. Maybe once every fight night, where some guy comes in and you think like, maybe he's fighting someone on short notice, and then they come back and they completely get the win. You know,
1: look at it last night. You you guys watch the UFC, right?
0: Oh, of course. Of yeah. Course. You did you see Terrence McKinney get knocked the fuck out? Yeah, we did. We yeah, he got knocked out fucking cold. Yeah. yeah. Well, th- that's disrespecting
1: the game. You know, he he goes on Twitter, makes a post, say prayers for his opponent. The guy took it on fucking short notice. Like yeah. you got to believe that guy's fucking hungry, and
0: this is UFC. that's what happens when you dis disrespect the game. Yeah, yeah, no, com- I I completely understand. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that was uh, that was an awful um knockout in terms of it was pretty scary the way that he face planted like that. Um, did you that have was a
1: any- beautiful time? Fucking. Double knee? knee. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like I was set up yeah. perfectly.
0: Oh yeah, the brothers, the brothers killed it that card. Because then, um, I think two fights later, his brother comes on and <laughs> gets the submission in even quicker time. So it was very impressive. Um, how did you feel about the fans throwing um the beer on Brandon Moreno? Did you have any thoughts on that?
1: Ah, uh, bro, like you, you got to think, like, bro, you're in a
0: different country.
2: Yeah.
1: You just beat the hometown fucking hero, champion of the world. <laughs> Yeah. And you're not from that fucking country. No one wants you to fucking win. That, yeah. Like and Moreno's just fucking laughing, like, like taking it all in. Like, of course yeah. he's gonna get some shade from fucking people in Brazil. I'm part Brazilian people, Brazilians are fucking crazy, man. Yeah. And um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like people will live and die for their fucking country in, in different parts of the world, like and uh you know, being American, you you forget that. Yeah. So like I feel like their nationality is so bred, like Brazil's number one, da 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 da, and, and just like every country should, you know, like have some pride behind it. But um, you know, I don't think he fucking cares. But it, it was so cool because I've trained with Brandon Moreno, and uh, he's fucking fantastic. And to see him go out and there and have his success, I'm super happy for him.
0: Yeah, no, that's it's an amazing uh, accomplishment for him for sure. Um, I <laughs> had one about the last night's card. Um, did you think Potiera celebrated too much after beating Shogun? Who I saw some people had an issue with his celebration, uh, bro. You who fucking cares? Yeah,
1: Eat. that's what <laughs> well, that was I like.
0: Look, you just beat a legend. Do your fucking dance.
1: Yeah, it's it's not fucking personal. Either. Like you got to remember, when you're in there, you're not yourself. You are your your you at your truest form, and and your heightened sense of awareness, your adrenaline, everything's going on dude let him fucking do that dance like i i, I don't think i i actually saw him wh- what his antics were but like un- unless it was fucking something rude like if he's fucking jerking off yeah. in his face like or <laughs> Izzy when he humped paulo costa yeah, you yeah. know like th- that's not nice but what <laughs> the, the fuck you gonna do you know fight to fight
0: fuck it yeah he really didn't do much at all he like cheered and then like did a gunshot motion i think that was i was oh, like, that's
1: nothing that's not some of the yeah. smoothest
2: dance moves i've ever seen in the cage
0: <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty good i i didn't see i didn't see an issue with it but i went on of course i made the mistake of going on twitter and i saw a lot of people had some issues with it
1: i don't even know how fucking twitter works man that that, that twitter verse is fucking
0: crazy yeah, I, I-,
1: I tried to get into it and like whoa
0: yeah, it's probably for the best. I I every time I go on there, I just I lose faith and I, like I <laughs> watching people. You watch the same. It's two people watching the same thing with completely different views on what happened. It's just ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. let's let's get back to you a little bit. You have an upcoming fight against Jack Jenkins on the UFC 284 card. Um, like you've mentioned, you've already fought on a UFC card before. Um, is the preparation different going into a pay per view? Um, or is it the same?
1: Well, well, ultimately what I'm trying to do is be my best self, right? Yeah. Under the lights, you tend to go back to your training, right? And, and the better training you do, the better reps you get, the, the, the better you tend to do when you're under pressure. So, so ultimately I'm just trying to be a better version of myself. My, my, like, it's nothing personal between me and Jack, you know, I understand he's going to have the crowd in Australia, the kids fucking, from the country, you know, um, he just fought in the contender series. I love my fucking matchup. It, it's going to be classic striker versus grinder. And, uh, you know, I I got nothing against the guy, but I'm there to to get my hand raised because winning is the highest of highs and losing is the lowest of lows. And uh, I'm sure he's trying to do the same fucking thing and I'm expecting fireworks.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm so excited for it. You mentioned his uh, Dana White contender series. That was an awesome performance. Uh, the way that you fight is just like you said, and a grinder, you you bring a lot to the game, so it's going to be a great fight. I can't wait to watch it. Um, Jeff, did you have a question?
2: Yeah. Uh, saying saying how this is a a pay per view in Perth. Is this your first uh like fight out of the country?
1: Um, this is my first fight out of
2: yeah the country. And yeah. how does that change like the whole schedule of training and all and trying to work around to getting there and
1: all well it works just like anything else you know i i I know there's going to be a time zone difference i know i'm going to have a little bit of jet lag um i know we're fighting on american time too so i might not want to adjust to the time zone um now they gave me enough time to prepare and uh they gave me plenty of time to make sure my weight's in check so i'm doing everything i possibly can to make sure my weight's in check before i even fly out so all I have to worry about is having a nice and easy cut and um, adjust to the time zone. And then everything else should be run smoothly. You know, it's not the first time I've flown on a plane and fought someone, you know, I've done it for cage times. When I was out training in KC, I would fly home, fight for cage signs and go back to train in KC after spending a little bit of time home. Uh, I flew out to fight to Vegas. I flew out to fight in KC, you know, it, it's kind of just like any other fight, you know, if, if you're any big good, you better get used to getting on planes and, and whooping some ass and then back to work on Monday.
0: Yeah. That's a good, really, really good point. Um, so in our correspondence, you talked about uh, Connor Matthews and you being friends. Um, yeah. yeah. I believe you that's guys my did.
1: homie. I trained with him today.
0: Yes, exactly. So, uh, what have you learned from training with him? Obviously Conor Matthews has been on the show. Uh, he was, I think like the third fighter we had ever interviewed. Um, so it was an honor to be able to talk to him. Um, like what sticks out training with him? Is it his background in the military? Does that, does he bring any of that, uh, to training?
1: So there's some things I'm just going to tell you what I like about the fucking guy. He's fucking honest.
0: He's a hard worker and he's super
1: open-minded and, uh, Super athletic and uh, he, he's like determined, you know, and I just want to hang around guys that I feel like are winners. And in New England, I, I look at Connor and, uh, and and I see he's doing everything right. And it, it is difficult sometimes to have all the resources, but, you know, he's putting everything together. And uh, I think he's going to be great. And I think it's only a matter of time before you see him
0: in the UFC. Oh, 100%. I thought he should have been. I know he lost that Dana White contenders. <laughs> But I totally thought they should have either given him another Dana White contender series fight or give him a contract. Just the way that he was able to take what he was getting and keep on going and bring that to a decision. That was a that was a really tough fight for him. But he just showed how tough he was and how much of a fucking warrior he is. So I was really disappointed that he didn't get that um, opportunity again. But he'll be back for sure, like you said.
1: Here's the thing with that. He had no easy fucking matchup. You know, that kid was a fucking stud. He just yeah. knocked out a, a, a teammate of mine out in KC, Marcelo Rojo. And uh, yeah. that was a pretty devastating knockout. That that kid is legit. So um, he just had the shit, of the shit of the luck draw when it came to matchups in the contender series. But you put him on any other week against any other opponent, I think he runs through him and gets that contract.
0: I, yeah, I completely agree. Um he's it
1: just wasn't his night that that time, and you know what? That's life. I guarantee you that's gonna make him a better fighter too, because he he's already back in the gym working. It's not like he's he's taking time off to fucking do anything. Like he wants to improve, he wants to get there. So so that, that kind of determination, like you're gonna take your wins like their losses and your losses, like it's the end of the fucking world. Either that's gonna motivate you to get better or that's going to stop you from from moving forward, and, and he hasn't stopped. So I look forward to see what that kid does in the future.
0: Yeah, we do too. Um, he's, like we said, an absolute great guy and just a true fighter. Um, Jeff, did you have a quick question?
2: Yeah. Speaking of, like, gaining from your losses and all that, your last fight out, even though it, it didn't end the way you wanted it, you went out there in your debut against a ranked – ranked USC fighter, which is something that a lot of fighters can't say they did. On short notice too. Yeah, on yeah. short notice. So what did you gain from that, do you think, really? And what stood out about Sadiq most to you? So I to
1: me that fight wasn't even about the fight itself. The the the, the real fight was making weight. Uh that that was my biggest issue. I was coming on I, I'm not making any excuses for the fucking fight. I say it all the time. It is what it fucking is. But, um, I was dealing with the shoulder injury before that fight. Um, I had no idea about the fight anyways. And, um, I ended up getting a PRP shot in my shoulder and I wanted to actually let my shoulder recover. So, you know what I did? I went home, I saw my family for a little bit. Um, and I, I wasn't training because I was letting my shoulder recover. I blew up a little bit, just like a tick. And, uh, my weight got to a point where it it just like was a little bit too heavy. And by a little bit, a lot of bit, because like, for like seven, eight months, I was walking on at 163 to 167 pounds. Like I was perfect spot to make weight on short notice fight, but I really wanted to let my shoulder heal because it was just giving me, it was such a nagging chronic injury that I was just like, I need to fix this. And the only way to fix this is take the, the actual time off. So went home, I saw my family and, uh, Two days back into training, after taking a month off, they're like, hey, you could take this fight or you'll, it, like, to me, it was like, you either take this fight or you'll never fight in the UFC. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm taking the fucking fight. at yeah. 145, you have two weeks. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. I was over 185 pounds. So oh. I cut 40 pounds essentially in oh. two weeks and I fucking – Tortured myself but i made weight like a fucking professional i showed that i'm a a professional i will show up and fight and in a name and a number is irrelevant to me um those are all just fucking irrelevant stats but uh i will show up i will make weight i will fight and uh i showed that i could do that and yes you got a shelled up uh a zombie version of myself, and I did not perform my greatest, but I'm excited for this fight because they gave me plenty of fucking time. My weight has been in check this whole fucking camp. I've been focused not on losing weight, but on fucking how my performance is going to be and having a real game plan. Because you got to remember, too, like, when you take a fight on short notice, it. it's not, oh, shit, we have time to game plan and watch film. I was like, you take it or fucking leave it, and then it's like my main focus was making weight. So I did what I was supposed to do. No one expected me to win. I still had a fighter's chance, but it didn't turn out my way. And uh, here I am with a real camp and a real real game opponent. And uh, I couldn't be more excited to show who I truly am. Yeah, yeah, I bet.
2: And being being able to be on short notice and all, that's the best thing possible. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that will get them to throw you the most opportunities possible. Like we see now, you're on a pay-per-view now. Yeah, it worked out well, for you. Well, yeah, it's cool
1: that I'm on the pay-per-view. I still got to go out there and fucking perform. So I can say everything in the world, but if I don't do that, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Very you know, true. so so yeah. it's like, yeah, am I on a pay-per-view? Yeah, is it may it be the biggest fucking card of the year? It might. I don't fucking know. I'm assuming it is. But I still got to go out and be, like I said, the best version of me. And, and when I check off all those that I do the right thing, that I work my ass off, am, am I – educated in my opponent's movements and his habits and all that shit. Like if I check off all those boxes, I I know that there's something great for me at the end of the road.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Don. We really appreciate you taking the time to uh talk to us this evening and for doing it so quickly. We just started talking last night. Um we really appreciate it. We're in your corner um for your upcoming fight and for the rest of your career. We can't wait. Um I'm definitely gonna hit you up about those those cage titan tickets. I would love to do that, and um, yeah, thank you so much. Um, Before you go, do you have anything you want to promote or say? No, no,
1: I I do have a ton of sponsors, but it'd take forever to list them all. (laughs) I just want to thank all my supporters, and I want to thank you guys for having me on and uh, allowing me to hit a new platform.
0: Of course, thank you for coming on, and uh, yeah, so that's going to do it for us here at Uppercut. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with um, a review of the UFC 283 card, so stay tuned for that, thank you all for listening.